0: Let's read together 1 Samuel chapter 10. In this chapter, Saul is anointed and announced as the first king of Israel. Let's begin by reading the first 16 verses. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin. At And they will say to you, The donkeys which you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? Then you shall go on forward from there and come to the terebinth tree at Tabor. There three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you, one carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands." After that, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. So it was when Saul had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart, and all those signs came to pass that day. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them, and it happened When all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Then a man from there answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? And when he had finished prophesying, he went to the high place. Then Saul's uncle said to him and his servant, Where did you go? So he said, To look for the donkeys. When we saw that they were nowhere to be found we went to Samuel and Saul's uncle said tell me please what Samuel said to you so Saul said to his uncle he told us plainly that the donkeys had been found but about the matter of the kingdom he did not tell him what Samuel had said let's begin our study of this chapter first Samuel chapter 10 with some background notes we saw in first Samuel chapter 9 that God brought Saul into contact with the prophet Samuel through a set of mundane circumstances. From the human perspective, Saul was looking for lost donkeys and had no idea that he was going to be anointed as the first king of Israel. But from the divine perspective, God was sending Saul to Samuel to be anointed as the first king of Israel. Now here in chapter 10, Samuel kissed Saul in recognition that he was God's chosen leader and then anointed him with oil. Not motor oil, right? Olive oil. (laughs) Anointing with oil in the Old Testament symbolized that the person was set apart for divine service. The oil is certainly a type or spiritual picture of the work of the Holy Spirit in setting apart a believer for divine service. Now, the big question here, of course, is whether Saul was a true believer or not. The fact that in chapter 9, Saul didn't even know about Samuel until his servant told him is a good indication that Saul was not interested in the things of God. But then verse 6 of chapter 10 says that Saul would be changed. And verse 9 says God changed his heart. And he prophesied. However, just because the Spirit of God came upon Saul so that he prophesied does not mean that he was a true believer. He was certainly not indwelt by the Holy Spirit as believers are today. In Numbers chapter 24, we read that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Balaam, and Balaam prophesied, but Balaam was not a believer. He was a false prophet. He was a diviner. But on the other hand, would God choose an unbeliever as the first king over his people? And Samuel does tell Saul in verse 7 of chapter 10 that God is with you. Back and forth the argument goes. What's the answer? We can't say for sure. You knew I was going to cop out on this, right? (laughs) We can't say for sure. I tend to go with the idea that Saul was a true believer, but certainly not a spiritual believer. So much for background. Let's move now to our doctrinal teaching points for 1 Samuel chapter 10. Doctrinal point number one, God will show his people the paths that they should follow. God will show his people the paths they should follow. God revealed to Samuel the exact sequence of events which would take place in Saul's travels, and Samuel communicated this to Saul. Thus Saul was confirmed in his path with divine signs. Look once again at verse 9. So it was, when Saul had turned back to go from Samuel, that God gave him another heart And all those signs came to pass that day. So God showed Saul the path he should follow and led him to the prophets of God, where the Spirit of God came upon him mightily and he prophesied before the Lord. Now, if God did this to lead Saul, who may not even have been a true believer, certainly he can and will do this for us, his people today. Now, notice that God gave Saul three signs through the prophet Samuel. Number one. Two men would meet him at Rachel's tomb and tell him that the lost donkeys had been found, verse 2. By the way, Rachel's tomb is still there today as a well-known site just outside of Bethlehem. Number two, three men would meet Saul at the Oak of Tabor. They would be carrying three young goats, three loaves of bread, and a jug of wine. They would give him two loaves of bread, verses 3 and 4. And sign number three, When Saul came to the hill of God, or Gibeah, a group of prophets would meet him, and the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him, and he would prophesy. These prophets, by the way, were most likely from a school of the prophets that Samuel started. They were like the seminary students of the day. This was another ministry of Samuel the prophet, training young men for the ministry. Well, these were three specific signs that God gave And they all confirmed the direction and path of Saul after he was anointed king by Samuel. Notice that these signs were not shooting stars or voices from heaven, but normal events except when Saul prophesied. And notice that these signs guided Saul by confirming the direction he was going. You know, this is generally the way the Lord leads his people today, not with shooting stars or voices from heaven, but through normal events that confirm the direction we are going as we seek to walk with the Lord and serve him and follow his plan for our lives. That's the key. You really want the Lord's will and not your own will. Now, we could divide the three signs that God gave Saul into three different categories. Number one, circumstances. The donkeys Saul was looking for had been found. Number two, needs supplied. Saul was given bread. And number three, The Council of Godly Believers. The prophets confirmed Saul's direction and path. Well, these are certainly three of the ways that God confirms our walk of faith today, including decision-making, which we're involved in all of the time. We start with sanctified common sense and make our decisions in the light of God's word as much as possible with godly motives and no hidden agendas. And then God will confirm our direction and path with circumstances and provision and godly counsel. God will show his people the paths they should follow. Doctrine point number two. God will show his people the leaders they should follow. God will show his people the leaders they should follow. Verses 17 through 24. Then Samuel called the people together to the Lord at Mizpah and said to the children of Israel, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt and delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all kingdoms and from those who oppressed you. But you have today rejected your God, who himself saved you from all your adversities and your tribulations. And you have said to him, No, sit a king over us. Now therefore present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your clans. And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was chosen. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the tribe of Matri was chosen, and Saul, the son of Kish, was chosen. But when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, Has the man come here yet? And the Lord answered, There he is, hidden among the equipment or baggage. So they ran and brought him from there. And when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward. And Samuel said to all the people, Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen, that there is no one like him among all the people? So all the people shouted and said, Long live the king. Samuel reminded the people that they had rejected God's perfect will by wanting a king. But God was allowing them to have a king and even choosing a king for them. Now the way God made his choice of Saul known to the people was by the drawing or casting of lots. This method was often used in Bible days, and here we see that, first of all, the tribe of Benjamin was chosen. Then by lot, the clan or extended family was taken, and finally, the lot fell on Saul, the son of Kish. Saul was at this point humbly hiding in the bag as your equipment. But when found and announced, the people acknowledged their new king by shouting, Long live the king! So God showed his people the leader they should follow. The same is true today. God will show his people the leaders they should follow. Now, normally, we don't cast lots today because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within the church and within every individual believer to guide us as to the leaders whom God has chosen. And God will show his people the leaders they should follow. Elders and church leaders should not be chosen by popular vote. God raises up his chosen leaders, and they will be known and shown by the work that they are doing. That's the way God makes it known. It is the responsibility of God's people to recognize the leaders that God has raised up. And they will be easy to identify by the work of the Lord that they are already doing. This is the way God shows his people his chosen leaders. God will show his people the leaders they should follow. What about practical application? Expect support and opposition if you are God's chosen leader. Expect support and opposition if you are God's chosen leader. Verses 25 through 27. Then Samuel explained to the people the behavior of royalty and wrote it in a book and laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his house. And Saul also went home to Gibeah, and valiant men went with him. Whose hearts God had touched. But some rebels said, How can this man save us? So they despised him and brought him no presents. But Saul held his peace. We see in verse 25 that Samuel wrote up a policies and operations manual for the new monarchy and placed it before the Lord, probably with the Ark of the Covenant. This book undoubtedly included the instructions for future kings of Israel found in Deuteronomy chapter 17. Meanwhile, Saul went to his home in Gibeah, which would become his capital. And we see that God moved some valiant men to support King Saul at Gibeah. We also read about some men who despised Saul and opposed him. This is the way it is in leadership. Even when you're doing the right thing, there will always be some opposition along with support. Expect it. God sends the needed support. The enemy sends opposition. Now, if God has called you to be a spiritual leader in the church or in some ministry, don't quit just because there is opposition. Expect support and opposition if you are God's chosen leader.